Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host, and today I've got a great interview for you. I actually recorded this interview a few months ago back in June, and I've been itching to release it ever since. It got buried in some things, and and I had to put out some other content, but I'm super excited to be releasing this long-awaited podcast today. I have Justin Prue with me who recorded this And Justin tells his story, I won't tell it for him, but he's somebody who got addicted to drugs, wound up in prison, and really had a mess of his life. And so that's what today's podcast is all about. But really, how did he turn things around? Yes, he turned things around. And what did he do? And what is he devoting his life to? And how it impacts you, the tile contractor? Yes, it does. He's got a lot of employees and uh, what they're doing with New Freedom in Arizona is taking ex-prisoners and giving them a program to not only give them a trade, so they're teaching them tile, they're teaching them paint, they're teaching them whatever they're more attracted to, but they're also focused on who they are as a person and helping them develop qualities and learn qualities that will help them re-enter society. So check out this. Um, if this sounds like a good interview to you, I can tell you it's even better than you're thinking right now. All right. So once again, my name is Luke Miller, the host of this podcast. What we're doing and what we're hoping to accomplish with this podcast is bring daily content to you, the tile contractor, small business owner, to help strengthen the entire tile industry. The only way I know how, the only way that makes sense to me is to strengthen the weakest point, the small business owners who ultimately carry the industry on their backs installing tile every day. Let's check out this interview today. I know you're really going to like this. And once again, if you like what you see and you like what you hear, Justin's email and his phone number is in the show notes. So if you're watching this or listening to this, and especially if you're in Arizona and you're like, I need people, I need people. They are, they are taking men and women, they're t- taking them through their 90-day program, and their success rates, as you will hear in this interview, are much higher than traditional success rates that have tried these things. Why? Well, I'll let you make up your own mind on this But once again, this is a very insightful um, interview, and I know you're going to find value in this. There's a lot of lessons, even if you're not in this situation. I mean, Justin has tile background, some tile background, as well as business ownership background and community building background, of course, now. So there's a lot of value for you business owners, even if you're not in Arizona or even if you've never been in prison, even if you don't, you know, really... um, think you identify with some of the things being said, you might find a lot of value in it. Check it out, Tile Friends. Enjoy. Yes. So my background is uh, I started in the flooring business back in about probably the mid-90s. I came out of a a life of gangs as a young kid, um, robbing drug dealers, grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, was shot. I uh, had robbed some drug dealers. They came to the house to try to kill me and my brother. He was younger. He was around 13. He stabbed one of them, went to jail for attempted murder. Wow. They sent me down to Arizona um, to live with my mom. I was, uh, I think, 15 years old. And uh, my stepdad was a carpet guy. So he put me to work for a little bit. Um, I was still involved in drugs and all that stuff. And, uh, so that didn't work out. I went to work for my uncle who was involved with a dirty dozen different kind of biker clubs, but he was also a carpet installer. Um, he started to pay me in meth. So 
obviously my life went down pretty fast from there. Um, but as I kind of got things back together again, I got a job doing tile as a young kid again. And I kind of just stayed in the flooring business. My stepdad had a flooring business. My uncle had a, you know, I mean a shady flooring business, but uh, kind of the same thing. Um, grew up and started a couple tile companies, uh, trying to, you know, get my life together on and off and, uh, ended up going to prison for a length of time, got out of prison and tried to get it together again and, uh, started a fairly large tile company, but I couldn't get licensed, uh, because of my felonies. So I worked under another man's license. We did large, uh, large commercial jobs, hotels and stuff like that. Made a lot of money, started to make so much money that, uh, I ended up in the J John getting high again and, uh, everything kind of fell apart, went back to prison. And, uh, this last time in prison, I spent a a little over 10 years in prison total. So this last time kind of got, uh, I woke up in there, uh, probably about my first two years in there, you know, I had a, a huge experience and encounter with God, if you will. And it was a life changing experience for me. So fast forward, I get out of prison and my brother has a tile company. So we partner up and I work with him. And, uh, as we're doing this, I also have a couple buddies, uh, state legislator and uh, is a friend of mine from our church. And then, uh, a couple guys that I would invite to church from there, get out of prison, I'd invite them there. And uh, we started this kind of group. We called it the prison coalition. Um, well, we didn't really start it. It was some guys we met, they had started it. And they were a couple of guys that had spent a lot of time in prison. And then a couple of guys that just wanted to help. So it was kind of a small scale thing. I did tile and we would go down there and have meetings once in a while. And we would, you know, put some money in a hat to help a guy who's getting out, get him a place to stay, some clothes and uh, different things like that. Um, and what happened was we started to hire guys getting out and what we, what we found was for one, they were very loyal. Uh, we hired friends and you know, to, you know how you do it when you just don't have any labor, you hire anybody you can to get a big job done. So we would get yeah. friends and, uh, bring them to work for us. And as soon as something better came along, they were gone. So it really didn't it matter what you invested in them. Uh, there was no loyalty and, and they were friends and family. So a couple of these guys, we, we hired out of prison, uh, they had, better offers come by more money, uh, different things like that. And they stayed. So it kind of opened my eyes to, you know, for one, the reason why I asked one guy, he had an offer, uh, for uh, $22 an hour. We started him at 18. He was a helper, um, which I thought was good. I mean, compared yeah. to what I made when I was a helper. Sure. Um, but he said, uh, when I came to work here, I asked him, I said, so, uh, how's it going over there? You know, since I left and he said, well, I got this offer to go work here for, you know, this much money. And, and I was like, so what are you going to do? And he said, well, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay and work for your brother. And I said, why is that? And he said, uh, because you guys gave me a chance, you know, you guys gave me the first chance. So I'm just going to stay here and, and you guys help me and, and I'm going to be loyal. My brother got him a company truck and he stayed with my brother and, you know, and, and did really good. Um, so that kind of opened my mind to this, uh, well, this is going on and our company's growing and, you know, we're, we're working in the commercial and, and the residential and trying to get it figured out labor wise is just really hard. Uh, the other group, the prison coalition, they're over here starting this thing called new freedom. So they ran into some investors, which were, uh, they're in the, basically the construction industry, Matt Waltz construction is one of them, a big construction guy and, uh, some other guys in, involved in some different things, but, uh, they tried to get this little church zone to do this on a 12 man scale where they, you know, put everything together and that fell through. So, uh, they ended up buying a hotel. The investors came along and said, let's do it on a large scale. We'll put seven of these in Arizona and 60 of these across the nation. Um, if this, you know, if this model works, 
So they had been up and running for about a year. They have roughly 260 members at that time. And uh, I just asked them, I said, hey, can I come there and teach a tile class? I mean, uh, we need labor and you guys have all these guys getting out of prison. There's nobody that wants to come work and do this trade anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, I got out of prison and was able to buy a home and, you know, nice vehicles and, and family restored marriage and everything going good after spending a significant amount of time in there. And I had other guys that I knew that were in the AC industry or a drywall, you know, trade or different things like that. And they got out and owned homes and were doing really good. Um, so that was kind of my, my pitch. I said, Hey, you know, um, I felt for one led to do this, uh, and, for two, I just, I, I said, Hey, you know, it sounds a little crazy and this is a behavioral health place and you guys are doing this, but what does it sound like? And they, they said, this sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, although we don't really know how it would work. So, uh, I leave there, you know, wondering how that's going to go. And he calls me right back. There was another guy that was coming through town, going to a, a community college, pitching a trade school. And he happened to be the meeting with the CEO right after I left and they called me back. And so we all sat down and had a meeting and they're like, well, maybe this is something we really want to look into. Um, so I was thinking I'm going to come here and just start a little tile class. And, uh, they said, why don't you just come here and start a whole trade school kind of vocational thing. And, uh, so we didn't know what that looked like. You know, right. uh, I've never done that obviously. So I what said, year was uh, this, what year this, was, this was, uh, December 22nd of 2021 was my first day here. So wow. very so recently, you're not yeah. even, you're coming up on your one year anniversary. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nice. So I've been here six months right now. And, and right now we have, uh, we're, it's amazing how it's working. It's just, it's amazing. You know, we're putting so many guys to work right now and we have, you know, we have roofing, we have tile, we have culinary, we have peer support certification, we have painting. We're starting a welding class, a CDL class and, uh, and uh masonry class and maybe a, a steel stud framing class as well, drywall. Nice. So everything we're doing the community needs the employees. So they're coming here and they're seeing, so this is just kind of give you an idea. We had a company, um, they're, they're pretty known out here, Pete King construction. And, uh, they did, uh, they did like a class at a second chance facility, which was ran by the state. Um, and he ran it for eight months and he had, after eight months of running this class, he had three guys. I think he said that came to work for him. Not one of them lasted longer than two weeks. So something was missing there. Um, and we've ran a class here for now we're coming up. We started in February. So we ran three of them. We've had 67 graduates from the class in just the painting industry. And 50 of them are out there right now thriving. Some of them are still here in the program, haven't completed the program yet, but have completed the painting elective. Um, and then they go on to the advanced class, which is mostly commercial painting outside in the building. They practice right here on on site. Um, we do mock-ups for tile is a little different, but what we found with that is these, uh, we, we did something different where normally you would do the hands-on and it's kind of what we wanted to do, but, uh, new freedom said, we need to do this a little different than what everybody else does. So what we want to do is change this a little bit. We want to put something in there that has to do with, uh, keeping them employable. You know, what does that look like? So we brainstormed a little bit and we got together a group of guys that were business owners, had, spend time in prison and we're superintendents or above and we're successful, uh, in the trades mm-hmm. and got everybody together. And then we said, you know, I picked everybody's brain. So to the business owner, what are you looking for? Um, in an employee, what makes them valuable to you? 
and you know just what's your advice on this what do you see fails these guys or all that stuff and then to the guys that have been to prison and are successful what have you done what's your day-to-day why are you different than you know joe and schmo over here that have gotten out of prison and they took a class in there and they have all the skills to be successful out here but they lasted two weeks and then you know got high as soon as they got a paycheck uh, what makes you different? And so as we got all that together, we wrote a curriculum, um, which is another interesting thing because I've never written curriculum before. None of us had. But uh, it was just real life, real guys involved in something that's real. And uh, and that's, I think, one of the key components to what we have now. So we teach that on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night, uh, not by New Freedom, though. It's business owners coming here, contractors coming here, and uh, they stick to the same curriculum. Usually it's the same business owner that teaches it, but he brings different guys in to speak and stuff and uh and that's four hours a week and it's intense because they're in classes all day so it's kind of designed like if you come here you're going to be in a class uh you're going to go work out early in the morning we get you up early working out you're going to eat eat really good um but then we're going to put you in class all day and it's going to be you know trauma stuff and it's going to be dealing with your emotions and dealing with all these different things that you you've never really wanted to deal with and then if you want to take the electives, which is the vocational side, which is my department, then you're going to come on the weekends and you're going to come on the nights. So me, like I relate it to that single mom that, you know, she's raising kids and she wants a better life. So she goes to college on nights and the weekends. Um, you're not stopping her. You know what I mean? You're just, you're not going to stop that lady because she's invested so much into what she's doing. Right. So that's these guys. They're voluntarily here. They can go out with their family on the weekends. Um, they can go sit back in their room at night and watch TV. We're in a very nice hotel. Uh, it was the old Four Point Sheraton, so it's definitely a four-star hotel at least. Um, you know, queen-size beds, two to a room, nice TVs. They, they could go sit in their room. We have a pool out back. They could go sit at the pool. There's men and women here, so it's like a resort. So they have these options after getting out of prison for a long length of time, and they decide to go in better themselves and work in one of these trade classes and learn a career. So we really want to offer careers as well, you know? Um, yeah. So, so how many, how many people do you house there at that Sheraton? Right now we have 360. We fluctuate right between 360 and 380. Um, and we are, uh, we're co-ed here. So what we're trying to do is we have an offer in on a hotel that just sits up on the backside of our property and we want to get that and then move all the women over there and, uh, and separate it. And then we'll be able to put a little over 400 men here. So that doesn't scratch the need, uh, the surface of the need. Um, we're not touching anywhere near what we need to be when it comes to how many people are in prison. Just to give you an example, the United States is 5% of the world's population, yet we imprison 25% of the world's population. So, you know, on that, it's just obviously something's wrong. It's broken. So there's so many people in prison for one, not to say that, Hey, if you do something wrong, good, go to prison. I get it. I understand, you know, but, uh, but some guys it's not, it's a little more than that. You know, it's, it's a little more than that. They didn't have a chance when they started growing up and that's all they knew. And if we show them a better way, of course they want a better way. You know what I mean? So, but to answer your question, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point about how people get caught in the, you know, the prison system or the lifestyle, really. I mean, you're sitting here, you know, I'm standing here listening to you tell me all this, Justin, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, how is this, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I should be listening to an 80 year old man with you, with all of your life stories. I mean, you went from, you know, Wisconsin, boom, 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 and gangs and trouble and prison. And now you're doing this and, you know, you started, you know, business and 
successful with tile and your brother and all this crazy stuff. I mean, you can't be much over 35 years old looking at you anyways, uh, you know. 45 actually, but 45. Thank all you. Right, yeah, all right. that's probably the 10 years in prison. I don't think you age very much in there. You know what I mean? Is so, that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I sat in a cell for a lot of the time. So we, you know, we didn't get out much. So, you know, I think, you know, son, no, I don't know. You know, I'm just, yeah. but yeah, anyway. But it's, it's so good. I mean, now how, how, how many years or, or what length of time has new freedom been established? So new freedom. So we're a, a two part component. We are a nonprofit, which is Gold Canyon Heart and Home. And then we are a for profit, which is new freedom. Our nonprofit has been around for about 15 years. And that was started by a lifer who was never going to get out of prison. Um, and what he and some of his lifer buddies started to notice was uh, all these guys coming in and out, you know, and they'd see him as a young kid come in and then they'd see him leave and come back a year later. And they said, uh, they got together and they said, we have to do something about this. Um, and they ran a little, uh, program in there. So, and this is what really sets our, our, uh, our facility and our way of things, uh, so much apart from everybody else is we're a peer ran organization. So me, 85% of our staff, we have 260 roughly give or take, you know, I mean, five or 10 staff members here at new freedom and about 85% of them are, um, have lived life experience, which means they've been to prison and have gotten out and are successful in life for some length of time, um, or have been involved in drugs, uh, something along the lines, but they have a lived life experience. Uh, so anyway, just to back up a little bit and explain how that started, they're in prison. They see these guys coming back and forth and, uh, the CDC needs to get in there because there's also disease going on. We have hepatitis C running rampant. You have HIV. Now this is back in the nineties, um, early two thousands actually. And you have MRSA staph infection, different things And the prison population is they're so, uh, segregated from the staff and administration, the security that there's just this wall built. So it doesn't matter what, um, the state or the, you know, the, the man, if you will, says to them, you know, they're like, screw you. I'm not listening to you. Um, so what happened was they had to figure out a way to, to speak to them and, and get the door open because they're killing themselves. Right. So they got with these guys and they started a thing, which they called basically a peer to peer, um, almost like a Trojan horse. They gave those guys the information, um, how to kind of help with the hepatitis, how this is spreading. They went back on the yard and shared it with, with their peers and it worked. And, uh, so something they had been trying to do for years and they couldn't get any traction at all. All of a sudden now they have traction and this is working great. So they took that and adapted it a little bit bigger, started go Canyon heart and home and started a peer mentorship program on the yard. So the same thing, which DOC, um, and different institutions couldn't really do is they didn't have access to these guys, you know, so they may know, Hey, even if they want to help, you know, these guys are like, you know, I'm not, I don't want anything from you. You're the enemy. And, and this is, a you know, this is, a uh, it's just been like this for, for forever. And there's no way we're breaking through these barriers right here, you know? So, um, that broke through and it yeah. started to be successful in there and they started the nonprofit and this guy ended up, uh, he was never going to get out. He ended up getting his case brought back, uh, to court and he thought he was going to go home. I think he was around 13 years in on the life sentence at that point. Um, all family and he's a great guy too. So, uh, all his families there, the community, they all wanted to be a part of this. And, uh, 
his lawyer came in there and told him, look, you did get it overturned, but you're, you have a life sentence with the eligibility of parole after 20 years. So he's still going to be in there for at least seven years. So he said, okay, you know, uh, he put his hands together and, and just said, listen, I believe this is a gift from you and I'm going to use it to uh, spend the rest of my time in here, mentoring these guys and building this pure to peer uh, program in here. And, and that's what I'll, I'll, I'll devote my life to. So he was the main guy with another guy, Joe McDonald, this is Joe Chappetta and Joe McDonald that were the, uh, the prison coalition I was talking to you about. So they got out, started that. And then now to answer your question, um, in 2021 COVID hit hotels were cheap. So everybody else is kind of going down Well, they came on and got the hotel at a, at a very low price. Another kind of cool part of the story is, Joe McDonald's wife, Joe McDonald is the CEO, his wife, Denise, she was just uh, adamant about writing people in prison. She just wanted to share love with them and hope. And uh, she'd never been to prison herself, but she had had a, a life of addiction and, and a real tough upbringing. Um, and so they couldn't stop her from writing these letters. You know, I met her and she came to me and my wife and she said, look, I have, you know, hundreds of people that I want to write. Can you guys bring some to your church and help write them? And uh, absolutely. We said, and, and she was real, uh, almost like a mother hen. You know what I mean? Like, but what are you going to say to them? And, you know, <laughs> make sure these people are good and they, you know, all these different things. And yeah. uh, so it was cool anyway. But what happened was COVID hit nobody had an inroad to the prisons anymore. You couldn't, all these mentorship programs, I don't know if you want to call them mentorship programs, whatever you want to call them, all these different programs they had that really didn't work anyway. Um, The door got slammed in their face. The only access road was a handwritten letter because the mail still went. So boom, we have this facility that can house 400 men and women. We open it up and then uh, at the bottom, so I'll just kind of give you this kind of synopsis of how, you know, this whole system works really on the, ground level out here is prison is a corporation. Obviously, you know, you have private prisons and different things like that. So if you have a corporation, um, you have to have a, you know, you have to keep it funded, right? You have to keep the money coming in. So you have to have a sales force, um, if you will. And, and what is the sales force? It's, it's brokering people really, you know, you have to have people coming in there. So if everybody gets rehabilitated, nobody comes back, your business fails. Uh, it's a, it's a terrible business model. So I, I'm not saying on every level that everybody involved in the prison is like this. Cause a lot of them are, you know, we met the governor out here, Doug Ducey, and he has got a great heart to change and actually change the name of the prison here and, and their whole operating system to, uh, the Department of Corrections, reentry and rehabilitation. You know, there's a lot of guys and girls in, uh, in the, in just the state here in the Senate and in the house of representatives that really want to help. And just a lot of people didn't know how it'd been just so dug in deep, but anyway, so you get out, you go to a halfway house, um, and they call, they have some halfway houses, they call them, uh, I won't share the name, but anyway, it's a halfway house. It gets approved by this certain board and, uh, and they say, Hey, if, if you're approved by this board, now prisoners can come stay at your halfway house. The only problem is these halfway houses, the board that approves them, it's really money, 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 money. Yeah. Um, so you'll go there and you'll have, uh, you know, a house just jam packed full of people, three, four people to a room. There's no vetting process. People are in there, uh, high on heroin, high on meth, um, fentanyl now overdosing in the room next door, you know, needles laying outside, uh, all kinds of drug paraphernalia and a guy gets there and this is kind of the deal. So you, you come here, we're going to give you your first week for free, but you do, it's not free. You owe us at the end of the week. As soon as you get a job, now you have to get a job 
um, get your job right away and, and get this paid. Um, if you leave here and go somewhere else, you are going to violate your probation or your parole. Um, and you'll go back to prison. So here's what happens. You got out, you have $150, you need to get a driver's license and a social security card to get a job because you know, you're, when you go to prison, your life's in chaos. You, very rarely do you have those things. So that's the start. You can't get that in a week. So how do you get a job in a week? So here comes a week up. Now you'll, you know, 250 or whatever it may be, 325, whatever they charge you there, 150 a week, 250 divot changes. But now you owe that. Now they're telling you, look, you're two weeks behind on your rent here. So what are you going to do? You have to get a job. You're going to get kicked out. Now, if you get kicked out, you're going to go back to prison. Well, now you got, you know, the drug dealer over here and in uh, the next bedroom, he's over there, you know, in and out, and he's doing good, paying his rents paid up for a month. And he says, hey, listen, you know, let me just give you a bag of this, and you go sell it. I know you want to do good and, and have your family back in your life, but it's simple. Just don't do the drugs. Just sell them, get the money, and work on getting your license and all that stuff. Sounds great. It just doesn't work that way. So now you're hanging out with people doing drugs. You're selling drugs, and the next thing you know, you're doing drugs. Now you're going back to prison anyway. So it's real uh, catch-22. You know, wow. you're you're really going to – and if you see this, it will unravel your mind the way you look at things. You're just, it'll blow you away. So what happened was we had this facility. We had everybody lined up to come here, um, but we're not a halfway house. We're a behavioral health facility. We're really an outpatient facility with supportive housing. So we have, you know, I mean, we're two buildings, really. Um, one side is our outpatient, our therapy, and the other side is supportive housing with uh, different things. Um so they said, you guys, they can't go there. They cannot come to this facility because you're not approved by this, by this place um, that says that they approve halfway houses. So we had a big problem. We were busting people back and forth. Now, these are men um, and women that have spent a significant amount of time in prison, have you know been involved in who knows what most of their life, but they're crying like little babies because they have to go back to these halfway houses. They, they've been mentored by us in there. And now we mentor them for nine months plus in there. So they're working with us. You know what I mean? We're, we're working on the root. You know what I mean? And we're not worried about the fruit at that time. We just want to get to the root and that's what we're doing. So they're getting out with an expectation that things are going to be different this time. And now they're going back here. Things are not different. Um, so that was a real problem. And we got with, uh, uh, a buddy of mine who was a state legislator here at the time, Anthony Kern, and he got on the got on the horn and got a hold of the director, and we had the assistant director come down here and just showed him what we're doing, and he said, okay, this is amazing, and he toured some of those halfway houses, so he kind of opened it up from the top down. The place just opened up, and we filled it up. Uh, you know, we filled it right up right at that point in time, and then we've been fully operational ever since. So in basically starting, you know, in one year, this thing filled up, you know, max capacity. And we're, wow. we have, we mentor right now, um, right around 4,500. Uh, we may be at 5,200 right now, actually, because it, it, it grows so fast. Now that they're seeing, you know, the opportunities these guys are getting out here, um, they're really excited. Wow. Wow. That's incredible, man. Is it, I, I love what you just said. Not, we're not worried about the fruit. We got to worry about the root first. Um, it's so true. So true. I mean, that's a valuable lesson for, you know, uh, all business owners really, you know, pay attention to that because if, if, if we're expecting our employees or even our business to take off, you know, and, and provide us instantly, you know, nothing's instant and there's no easy button, right? But you got to think about the, the root, you know, what, what's the basis and make sure the base is strong, 
You know, it's like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, the only way to strengthen this industry, and it's my firm belief, the only way to strengthen the tile industry is to strengthen the the smallest tile installer contractor out there. And it's the same principle for this. It would be the same principle for, you know, uh, strengthening and mentoring employees um, in your company. Um, what a What a great little saying there. And I like what you said earlier about, you know, you, you referred to it as the Trojan horse um, with the peer-to-peer mentoring. It reminded me of something that Adam Mills, uh, one of the Tile Nation mentors, is doing within his company. He's got, you know, 25 or 30 employees, I believe, and he really empowers even young people to take the lead in the company and, and empowers the ones that he identifies and the ones that want to move up in the company and, and be more of a leader. He doesn't let age stop it. If they have the ability to teach and the desire to move up into a foreman type leadership role, he lets them grow into that um, rather quickly and empowers them to mentor their peers. And what's happening is he's able to expand his company based on this, this model, this Trojan horse peer to peer mentoring model, because, um, it's like, you know, somebody that oftentimes the, the person teaching, you know, if they're so far removed from the, the student, the student, like you said, is going to ignore them. They're going to be like, what do we have in common? Why you're not, you don't know how to speak my language. You don't know who I am, even if they do, you know, but they're older or whatever, or it's just that mental block there for that student. So I like that, um, that piece of advice for, for all business owners who have employees is, don't be afraid to let these guys, you know, the ones, the guys and girls in your company grow into leadership roles and really empower them to start mentoring their peers because they're going to do a better job often than you can just because of the simple fact that they're speaking the same language, right? And they, they see eye to eye. <clears throat> yeah. So that's huge. That is uh, what we're really starting to see here is this peer um, peer to peer is it, it is it's invaluable in every relationship we have here. So even in our CEO and our president to speak to other, you know, CEOs and presidents. So if I come in, um, I'm not really a peer to them. Uh, I am in the construction industry. So I'm a peer, I'm a peer, uh, in the prison industry cause I've been there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just coming up in this kind of, you know, I haven't been in, you know, this executive kind of stuff is I'm a director here now. So I'm in these meetings with these guys and, and billionaires and owners of companies and different things where, uh, I keep my mouth shut and I listen all the time. You know, I say very little in those meetings sure. cause I want to learn. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, I see if I have a, I need a need from one of them. What I do is I hit up our president or our CEO or someone who, uh, you know, is a peer. And I say, can you get me a connection over there? And they'll boom, line it up. And then next thing you know, I'm in where I could sit there for days trying to, you know, I mean, knock on the door and I get nothing. So it works on every level is what we're seeing. And I think uh, when you said that about, letting these guys come up on the bottom. So when I started to come up in the industry, it was, uh, you know, get kicked in the butt, go out there and get that mix that, you know, and mescla wedo and all these different things nonstop. And, uh, you weren't going to set a piece of tile. I didn't set any tile on my own until, you know, it had been quite a long time. And finally I just said, look, I'm going to go start my own thing. Cause you know, I've tiled everybody's house that I know, you know I mean? For free because they wouldn't let me there. And, uh, And that's the same thing that, you know, we, that just continues down in that mindset. It doesn't work. So now we have an industry that is, is lacking any, nobody wants to get into it. These kids nowadays, 
we hire these kids. I mean, we brought our nephew to work for us and, and uh, we made him carry a toilet upstairs and, you know, before the day, and it's a new toilet in a box. And before the day was over, he said, this working thing's not for me. He went and sat down outside and stayed on his phone for the rest of the day. Told his brother when we got home, his little brother, and this is age I would be working hard. You know I mean? I'm tax stripping houses by myself already at that age. And uh, he told his little brother, um, they, they made me carry a toilet upstairs. So his little brother says, you know, to, to my brother when he gets home, is it true you made him carry a toilet upstairs? And uh, he's like, I would never work for you. So it was just kind of like, this is really strange. You know, it's a, such a small thing to you, to me to think, you know I mean? I'd be carrying a dirty toilet upstairs and, <laughs> right. you know, and they never yeah. cared about that. Right. So, yeah. um, that doesn't work anymore, you know? And so what happens is these guys coming out of high school, the education, like you said, for one, they're far removed from us. Uh, you know, a lot of us, you know, we're to, to go to a school for such a length of time to learn a trade. You know, that's why we don't really have a lot of tile schools, I'm sure. And, and a lot of painting schools. Cause you know, it's just, it, you learn it on, on the job site by your dad or, you know, mm-hmm. generation or whatever it may be. But, uh, that doesn't work anymore. You know, it, it really doesn't because you, we need to get people in here and we need to open up the doors and allow people to like that guy's doing, uh, I forget the name you said, but, we're seeing this right now too. And what I'm hearing back from these companies is they hire these guys that they will only hire new freedom members that have graduated through our program and through one of these, one of these, uh, electives, we call them electives. Like it could be the painting or the tile. They will only hire through here now because what they're getting is these men and women are showing up to work a half hour early. You know, they're up there setting things up. They're hungry. Uh, they are staying late when he puts out a thing for overtime. These guys are, you know, it's filled up with new freedom members or graduates they fill it up right away. Um, so these guys are now, they're coming on and what's happening is his regular employee team. So say just for instance, one guy, PHP painting 50 guys working for him. He hired five guys a month from here. Um, he hired 10 actually this month, but these guys are getting out and they're working hard. And, uh, now they're running their own crews, which this is unheard of. You would come in the painting industry. You're going to be masking for at least a year before you touch a paintbrush. Well, they get trained in here in 30 days and, and they learn the basics and, uh, and they learn how to really be hungry and teachable is the main thing we teach them. Um, and, and they're now they're getting the company trucks. Uh, the company employees are getting fired because now they're shown to be lazy where they thought this was just one speed in the industry. And now they're seeing, well, that's, you know, these guys are outworking these guys two to one and they've, you know, I mean, they're green, you know, they don't really know a whole lot, but they're picking up. So if you have a mind to learn and a mind to work, you're going to be taught 10 times faster than the guy that doesn't want to learn, doesn't want to listen to you, thinks he knows everything and wants to do it his way and has a hundred different ways that he thinks are going to work. Or do you have a guy that says, okay, you've been doing this for 10 years. I'm going to take your way. I'm going to do it your way. And uh, so these guys are, that's working great. We're hearing from some of these companies where years ago it would have taken you 20 years to become a superintendent at one of these companies. Now you can get in there and you can do it in a year because wow. they're, they just don't have the, they don't have the guys. These guys are entitled, uh, they're lazy or they just don't want to do this work anymore. Well, we have a group of guys and I mean a large group that are hungry and they don't for a second, they don't, here's another, let me just share this real quick. So we, we bought another property up the road from here. We're going to go, um, we're going to develop it into an apartment complex. It's a fairly big property. It's been sitting vacant for a long time. We also, I'm sure the rest of the nation is dealing with this right now too. Um, fentanyl is an epidemic here. So we got guys, uh, they're losing their homes. There's homelessness. Population is growing rampant. Um, and this is a, an abandoned lot with, uh, you know, we have cover on a fence around it. So they, and homeless encampments have moved in there and just riddled it with trash and, and feces and everything you can think of. Very just disgusting. 
Um, so I got together a group here. I was tasked with the, you know, a task of getting it cleaned up and ready to develop. Um, and so I got 22 volunteers, you know, men and women in the program. And, uh, on a weeknight after being in group all day, they came out there with me and we cleaned that place up. So we got a big, you know, 40 yard dumpster up there and we filled that thing overflowing to the top with all the trash on there, just by hands and wheelbarrows and shovels and rakes. And when I say dirty, I'm telling you, uh, I can't speak to how disgusting it was. Um, and at the end, I'm telling these guys, thank you so much for your help. Thank you so much. Took them out to Peter Piper pizza to eat afterwards. And every one of them, when I said, thank you, they're like, no, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to come here and be a part of this. And it shifted my whole mindset to where I'm so used to somebody is just say on the job site, Hey, can you go over here and, you know, it, can you maybe sweep that up? I'm not going to, I'm not a helper. I'm not sweeping. Right. Okay. You know, so I, I'm an owner and I'm over here pushing the right. room sweeping. I have no problem doing that. Um, me or my brother, um, and, and these, this mentality is this, or if you're a helper and I, I need you to do this, well, you need to pay me more, you know, or, Hey, can you go back there and clean that job site up? You guys left it a mess. Yeah. But are you going to pay me for it? I'm not going to do it for free. So these guys have a whole different mentality. They've, they've, uh, they've, they, they just, they need us as much as we need them, you know? So it's, it's a perfect, uh, well, marriage you know, you said it earlier, they're loyal, you know, they're, they're, they're extremely grateful for the opportunity, right? They're extremely yes. grateful for the opportunity and what you've done is you've created a, a, a clear pathway for success for these men and women. Whereas, you know, your example in the, um, it's sad to, to hear about these halfway houses. It's, it's, it's anything but a clear pathway. I mean, it's, it's basically, um, designed to fail, you know, yep. and, and that's what it is. Um, but, but your program and new freedom is designed to succeed. And, and I'm really you know, interested. I have a question here. You know, I'm sure my audience is wondering, are these are, are what percentage of these um, ex prisoners? I mean, are they locked into the state of Arizona, you know, on probation for a matter of years? Or if somebody out of state was like, you know what, <laughs> how can I get involved? Or how can I, you know, maybe hire one of these uh, men or women that sounds good to me? You know, is, is that a possibility? Uh, a very slim one right now. So we know this need is needed across the whole nation. Um, and, uh, and it's like this everywhere, you know, we've toured, uh, Colorado and Las Vegas, and those are the closer States to Arizona. And I'm pretty sure we'll be starting probably one of these in those States, but there's a very few amount of people that, you know, that can get up and actually move state. Um, a lot of them are on parole. Some of them aren't, but it's rare right now. Uh, but I think, the model can be reproduced anywhere. And the need is, you know, you could do this on a smaller scale, but I think it's really hard to, how do you get into something like this without, you know I mean? Having the foundation and, and knowing how to do it and spending the time mentoring. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of, takes a lot of time. Cause you really have to, like I said, it's the root, you know, the root grows underground. We don't see it, but it, it, you know, all the focus has to be on the root. You know, everybody wants to work at the fruit and, you know, chop off this and chop off that you're doing that wrong. You're doing that wrong. But if, if you don't work on the root, you know, it's just always going to produce the same fruit. It doesn't matter how many times you chop it off. So that's the intensive part of our program is while they're in prison, mentoring them. And, you know, our cutoff is nine months. We want to have you for nine months, at least in there. And we want to be, and we're handwriting you letters. And these are men and women that have the majority of them as we grow. These are guys and girls that have graduated our program. And then if you go out into the world and are successful for at least six months, we'll hire you back. 
um, at a, you know, start you off at a good wage and, and you come here and then you are mentoring them. So you can tell them, Hey, look, I've been through this. I'm telling you this works. This is my life. Now I, I own a vehicle and I, I have a house or, you know, or I'm on my road to owning a home or whatever it may be. Um, but that's, that part is, it's just, it's so needed right there. You know, everybody wants to get to the gate and say, I'm going to do better when I get out. And they haven't worked on any of these things. And they say, I'm going to be prison while I'm in here. But when I get out, I'm going to do better. Well, the problem is the prison is in you, you know, so when you get out, you bring it with you. And, and just like when you, you do the drugs and you go in there, it's in you, you bring it in there with you, it goes in there with you, you bring it out, it goes out with you. Um, so that part is just, it's very important. And if you haven't spent at least nine months with us, we'll still bring you in the program, but you're going to have to pass a sniff test with a, with a, a round table full of men and women that have spent time in prison and have been leaders in prison and are very successful here. And they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to know if you're full of right. BS. Uh, right. Basically the reason is, is we have to keep our culture in this same direction where everybody wants to succeed and do good. So say we have, we, sometimes we have 380 men and women here and the majority of our men and women have spent 15 years in prison. Uh, we have some with a year or two and some with, you know, I mean, 30 or 40, but you know, the, the average is, is 15. Mm -hmm. So you get guys and girls like that in here and you start bringing in people that uh, want to sell drugs, want to do drugs. Now you've basically just recreated the prison system. So we're our, our target population is not everybody in prison. We're after probably about the 10% that have made the decision in their mind in there. I need to change. I want to change. I just don't know how. Um, that's who we're after. So if you still like it, you're still having a good time or you're contemplating maybe, you know, or vacillating back and forth. Do I want to do better? Do I not? Um, we don't want you here. You know, we're not, we're not trying to bring everybody in or, or beg people to come in here by any stretch of the word. Um, so we're, we're very picky and that just keeps our culture that way. And this is what I've heard from, from people that have come here is, you know, I've always wanted to change. I just, I, I, for the first time, I feel like I have the permission to do so because mm -hmm. you get here and you know, it's like everybody wants to be a part of the group, you know? So if the group is doing bad and then you're the outcast, you know, it's uncomfortable for, for people. And, and we're kind of, I think tribal by nature. We want to, you know, we want to be a part of a tribe or a family or whatever you will. And I think that was the problem for a lot of these guys. Why they ended up in prison is they were, you know, they lived in a, maybe a, a bad environment and all they had was, uh, to the kind of tribe to be a part of or family or whatever was a gang or, you know, it was somebody that wasn't doing good. They're easily acceptable and they have open arms to everybody. And then they become so loyal to them because a lot of them at heart are already just loyal men and women. Um, and they just put it in the wrong place. So then what happens is, you know, they could go to prison. Some of these guys go to prison for things they didn't even do just because they're so loyal to the gang that they grew up with or their brother or, or maybe their boyfriend who said, Hey, you know, uh, we're getting pulled over, hold the pistol, hold the drugs. You know, you've never been right. to prison. And they're like, okay, <laughs> you know, and I'm not kidding you. I mean, this happens a lot and you kind of, you have to like, you have to stop these people and, uh, and, and kind of retrain the way they think and get them pointed in the right direction. So that's what we have here. So as we mentor them in there, when they get here, they're ready for the change. They're hungry. And, uh, you know, cause how are you going to keep someone in a 90 day program after they spend all this time in prison? Right. That's voluntary, mm. you know? Yeah. So that initial mentorship is the key is one of the keys to success that you found. Absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, what are you, uh, Early, earlier, you said something, you know, about um, 
we were talking about and what makes an employee valuable for one, but also, uh, what makes the successful succeed, you know, um, can you speak to that a little bit more on, you know, the, the mental attitude of, of these that do succeed and, you know, kind of what you've seen? Yeah. So I think what really helps these guys be successful is, uh, for one, you know, they say that phrase, common sense is not so common. Um, a lot of these things we assume everybody knows, you know, we assume people know that if you, you know, if you got out of prison, you don't go to the job site and tell it, you know, I've been on many job sites. I never told people, Hey, you know, I spent 10 years in prison, you know, I got tattoos, but you'll never see them. I just, but a lot of these guys will get out and, you know, they're talking about all this stuff. So a lot of things we teach them is for one, your past is your past. You know what I mean? You just, you're from this, your past is your past. You don't talk about it. You don't relive it. You don't, you just get rid of it. You know, we're going to walk you through it. We're going to deal with it. What got you where you were. We're going to deal with the trauma. We're going to deal with all these things, but then let's bury them. You know I mean, let's get rid of that life and let's move forward. So you, when you're going into the workforce, you're not an ex convict. You're not a victim. You're not uh, you know, I mean, you're not a, a handout case or any of these things you are, uh, you know, you're, you're now an employee. You're, you're, you're going in here and you need to be humble and you need to be teachable. So you need to know how to communicate. Now you don't communicate with your boss the same way you communicate with a peer and you don't communicate with a homeowner or a GC the same way you communicate with your peer. You know, there's different levels to these things and how you communicate. Another thing is we teach them you show up on time and on time is 10 minutes early. You don't just walk on the job site. If you're supposed to be there at six, you don't walk in at six Oh one or, or walk in at six Oh five. You don't be on your phone at, at the job site. These things that, that you know, we as business owners or as uh, superintendents or bosses or whatever, we know this stuff, you know, you know, you just, you don't get there if you operate like that. And we just assume everybody does, but they don't, they don't know that. So a lot of them are like, well, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Oh, I thought if I showed up, you know what I mean? Within the first 10 minutes I was on time, but no, we want them to show up 10 minutes early. And that's what we're hearing. We're hearing back. These guys are showing up 30 minutes early to the job sites and they're setting tools up and they're, you know, taking initiative and, and then take direction. So, we have, we have a saying around here is, you know, you have the wrong way, you have the right way, and then you have our way, you know, so that may be not our way specifically, but that's the company you're going to go work for. You know, if, if it's Luke Miller tile, you know, I mean, you have the right way, the wrong way, and you have the Luke Miller way. So when you work for Luke Miller, you do it the Luke Miller way or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so that's kind of another thing we want to teach them. We want to teach them that, you know, you are to remain teachable and this is your, you know, this is your boss. This is your mentor. This is, you want to learn from them and you want to stay on this and you want to continue. And another thing we teach them is you got to be hungry. The second, and this is what, this is just my personal opinion. I think of the, you know, just the kind of nation, the workforce as a whole is kind of like a heavyweight fighter. You know, we're the United States of America. We're a heavyweight. We've been, you know, out there getting it. We're on top of the world. And then, you know, a heavyweight fighter gets everything they want and they get comfortable and then they relax and then they quit training. Well, then you have Rocky over here in the gym, in the hood, you know, whatever training nonstop. And he's hungry and he, you know, he wants a piece and, and you take him for granted and you think he's never going to rise up. Well, here you got a whole bunch of hungry guys right now training uh, and they're looking for your job. You know, they're hungry and they're coming out here and they want a life. They want to own a home. They want to have a family. They want all these things that they've been told they'll never have. And now they're seeing that they can have. So we want them to dream big like that, but we also want them to remain hungry and we want them to understand that there's a process to this stuff. So we're teaching them, look, 
you're not going to get any of this stuff right away. You're not going to, you're not going to be the boss in a year and you're probably not going to be the boss in two years. You know what I mean? If you get it before that, great. You're, you know what I mean? Great job, but don't expect these things. You're not going to get the pay raise and you know, in a month and, and you're not going to get all these things. You're not going to be driving the new truck that the boss is driving. You know, you are not going to have the lifted Dodge or Silverado. You're probably gonna have to start out in a little truck or a car and, you know, work your way up. And there's a process to these things that, you know, the world doesn't share with you. You see on Facebook, you see on these different places, everybody's got these great things and that's what they share well the process is how you get there so we want to also teach them the process you know the process is long and it sometimes sucks and you know mm-hmm. and delayed gratification you're going to have to pay right now and and you can play later but you don't want to be out there showing off uh you know whatever so we try to teach them all these different kind of things that seem to matter the most and there's a lot more that goes into it than that but a lot of it also has to do with cleanliness and how you present yourself you know you want to show up to work clean and then you want, you know, your, what's your life look like? You, you know, you go home and work is your number one thing right now to get, uh, you know, to get where you need to go. So family is obviously important and it is the most important, but you can't take care of your family if you don't take care of your job, you know? So your job really is the most important thing that you're going to have next to your health. So eat good, you know, don't stay up late at night and be going out. Don't be looking for a girl or a guy at the bar, you know, just these things that reteach kind of the things that they, they'd learn the wrong way. And, you know, there's a lot more to it and it goes a lot deeper than that. But that's, you know, some of the so main it's things personal, that I would notice. It's personal development is, is a there lot of personal development. I'll, you know, you say common sense, but, it, you know, it's really personal development. And, and as you know, if, if you're listening to this and you have employees, take this to heart. Take this as advice because employees are the same way. Like they may or may not have a lot of the common sense things, you know, uh, instituted in their life and in their mind. And so just to help them grow as, as people is really, really what, what we're, you know, employers, you know, main job is, you know, and, and, and if somebody's life, you know, is, is a mess or they're having, you know, marital problems or, you know, uh, money issues or whatever, you know, they're, they need a house. I mean, they're not going to be able to give you a hundred percent on the job. I mean, they're not going to be able to give you 70, 80%. They're going to be worried about what they're worried about. And so be personable, get to know your employees and, and you might, you, you, you definitely do have to kind of be that role model and, and, and help them and, and, more mentorship ways than just the job itself, just the job at hand, right? The task at hand, it's more or less, you know, get them, get them confident, get them, you know, feeling good and, and make sure they have the, the tools they need to live um, a successful life outside of work. Yeah, I think that that's it. You know, uh, character, you know, you can't, uh, you just can't give it to someone. Character is something that has to really be worked on. And that's, you know, that's, uh, the driving force here is to build the character to keep them where we want to get them. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's just very important. And I think it's important to, to, you know, to give everybody a chance to, and, you know, not just, uh, box anybody in, especially some of these young guys. So we got guys that are coming out of here. You would like, I'll look at me tattoos on the face, young, you know what I mean? Kind of just bebopping around. And I'm like, I don't know how that guy's going to do out there. You know, is he's going to be a hard worker? What well, this guy's running a crew right now. He's already bought his second car. Um, he'll probably own his own business. I'd imagine within a, a year or so, you know, yeah. but he'll stay. We try to teach a lot of them too. you know, stay, stay with the same place you get with. Uh, I know with the tile stuff and in the painting, there's a lot of 1099 and subcontractor stuff. We try to teach them, 
you know, that's going to be great when you're ready, but for now, try to find a place that's a W2, be an employee, you know what I mean? And, and I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but I think it's just, it's important because one thing that I ran into when I went to buy my house was, uh, I had 1099 for a couple of years and, and I didn't know, you know, I never bought a home before. So I'm going to buy the home and I go down there to talk to him and he's like, well, you know, you didn't make enough money. And I'm like, I made a look at, I made a lot of money. And he right. said, well, you know, you you did, but you didn't because look at what you, your taxes say you made this much. And I'm like, well, I wrote all that stuff off. I never even, you know, I didn't know cause it's business expenses and this different things, but I'm thinking, well, that doesn't really seem, seem right. Uh, so we had to go on payroll. So it took me a little bit longer to buy a home, you know, so I had to put myself on payroll and we set all that up and it's expensive. You know, it's, uh, we're paying a lot of extra costs now, costs now that we didn't, you know, we didn't have to pay before and, and it was harder, but really what happened was, you know, I mean, we were able to buy houses and, and now we can, you know, help these guys do that. And I think that's really important too, is, you know, give yeah. them a good company to work for, give us some plans, some things. And this is just, a, this is a great example of how this works. So PHP painting, they did the pilot program with the painting class here. He started, he comes in on his nights and weekends, he devotes his time, but he caught the vision immediately. He's seen, you know, what it can be. And we have a, a large plant out here, uh, the Taiwan, it's a semiconductor plant. It's a 10 year project, huge, huge job. Um, and we've got quite a few coming out here in Arizona right now, actually, but that's a, that's a big one. He got the contract for it. He needs a hundred men on site at a certain date. So how does he do this? Uh, and so you sign the contract, things are good, you know, and t- a lot of times went by and how do you now, what do you do? There's no way to get a hundred men. He's got 50 men and he right. can't get a guy to come in the door and stay longer than a week. And the guys that say they've been painting for years, they, they can't paint for one. So he catches a vision. He invests his time in here weekends, nights. And I know it's, it's gruesome for him uh, before people started to get involved. Sherwin Williams got involved and donated, you know I mean? Thousands and thousands of dollars worth of paint and uh, M3 and, and uh, Dunn Edwards and different ones. And these reps got together and other contractors got together now and help him. But this is what he's done. I just talked to him recently and asked him, how's it going? So he's hired. Uh, and another thing is he, he doesn't cut them any slack. So if they graduate the program and they get out there and they're slacking, he does not, you know what I mean? Baby them. It's boom. See you later. You know what I mean? You're, you've had this time and it doesn't happen a lot, but there's guys that get out there and you know, they worked hard to get there and all of a sudden they get there and they think, Hey, it's all good. He's a zero tolerance guy. You know, I really like him a lot. His name's John Morris, but uh, so he told me what happened is, is he's bringing these guys on. He's got some guys that are complaining about them. He pays them extra to go pick them up, uh, gas money and, and different things. And they're like, I ain't doing this. So, okay, you, you, you know I mean? You're going to have to find another job. So I'm going to take your truck and I'll give it to this guy who's going to pick him up and do this, this, and this. But what's happened is now he's bidding everything that comes across his desk. He's mm-hmm. taken every job that comes across his desk because now he has a labor force. So now all the big companies out here that were, taking everything. They can't really take these jobs because they don't have the labor. So they're letting them, you know what I mean? Slide. He's grabbing them and he has the labor. So now where he was, you know, I mean, he's doubled his business in the past wow. couple of months, he said. So wow. what, yeah, he's paid off all his vehicles. He's buying more. He's about to buy a little mini apartment complex for these guys to go. So he's going to do kind of what Henry Ford did years ago. He's going to house these guys in his, uh, in his apartment complex and they're going to, you know, they'll get a ride back and forth to work right there. So it takes care of the ride situation. Um, and, and he'll have a whole crew, you know, and he'll continue to do that till they can buy a home and then he'll move the new ones in there, but he's only going to hire men and women that graduate the new freedom painting class and his, and the new freedom, you know, thing itself. So he's like kind of the, you know, the, the model for this and and it's working great. Yeah. So that's really cool. 
Very well, cool. We would love, I would love to have him on the, the podcast in the future. If you, if you want to mention it to him Absolutely. You know, and outline kind of his, um, you know, blueprint for success, um, as well, because others might want to imitate it. And I would also, you know, be willing to interview any one of your, you know, su- success stories, you know, ex-prisoners who are out there maybe in a foreman position, or maybe they've, you know, thinking about starting a business. I mean, I know it's hasn't been that long, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I, I want to help you guys get the word out. And this is such a worthwhile, you know, cause I'm, I'm eager to dig into it more, um, we are up on like an hour, you know, certainly share anything else that you want to. Um, we can go a little long, no problem on my end. I did want to ask, and I, I think I would be uh, silly not to kind of ask, uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm also, you know, with Tile Nation, um, we're training guys and, and gals to install five foot by 10 foot porcelain tiles. They call them gauge porcelain tiles. They're really thin. They're like an eighth inch thin. They can be thinner. Um and we're basically, you know, training these. So I'm, I, I, I've, we've only been doing it for six months. We've done uh, three classes in Omaha, but I'm, I'm kind of learning, you know, I have a lot more respect for people who train tradespeople. you know, like the NTCA has been doing it for a long time and there's a lot that goes into it. I'm kind of curious if you want to give us any details specifically on the tile side, like what do your modules look like? Um, what are you guys covering? Are you partnered with anybody in the industry? Do you have sponsors or manufacturers, supporters? Um, tell me a little bit about the specifics because I know my audience is going to be, you know, mad at me if I don't <laughs> cover this a little bit. Awesome. So, uh, yes, we have MaPay has, you know, they donated all the setting materials and all the grout and so nice. has Laticrete. We met nice. with the vice president of Laticrete at the covering show. So me and our, uh, our, our uh, CEO, OO flew out to Vegas for the covering show just to kind of get involved with a couple people. Uh, we have Art James from Artcraft Tile here in Arizona who's involved. Super busy, does a lot of work, but he's coming down this weekend. And we have a couple other um, different tile companies, Cardinal Flooring, and uh, and a couple other ones that are getting involved here. And then so Laticrete sponsor. Uh, Ma Pay, and then uh, we're actually spent some time with. Uh, uh, Brad Denny, uh, are you oh, familiar great. with him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great, great guy. guy. So he's kind of helping us with some of the curriculum and I, I just picked his brain and I was, was on the phone with him the other day. Um, and, uh, so we flew out there to meet with him and James and, and we're, so what we've done is they're still writing some curriculum for us, but, mm-hmm. um, we, uh, we don't waste a lot of time around here. So we're, you know I mean? We're bulldozing through everything. So we set it up in advance kind of, and we'll still work with them when they get their stuff um, correct or, or whatever for us. Um, But right now what we did was we started this as a pilot program on a, on a bathroom. We remodeled here, a commercial bathroom we took and uh, we just did regular 12 by 12 tile on the floor, uh, six by six Dell tile on the wall. And we, we had a, a tile installer coming to teach a class. We actually hired him on here and he works here now and he's teaching the class. Um, and he just showed them, you know what I mean? Taught them and, and, and let them go and just kind of see how, how fast they would learn. Uh, I'll share the video with you. I have a video of it. It will blow your mind. I sent it right to my brother. I'm like, Hey, you got to see this. These guys picked this up faster than anybody we've had on job site. I mean, they're back buttering tile and they're not getting thin set all over the hand, a six inch tile. You know, I mean, they're back buttering them and, and sticking them on the wall and, and just doing different things that you don't normally see someone do. They're good with the trowel. Uh, mm. They they picked it up like natural. So I was wow. like, this is amazing. 
so then obviously that was done when they finished it and it looks really good. There's some pictures I sent you of, of it. I mean, you can't see really the close detail and it's not the greatest work, you know, that was their first, first time of doing that. Um, but from there we figured, so what, it, what is needed out here? Uh, floor tile is big. So how do we make this where we can actually do it? Um, so what we did was we took, uh, we took a four foot by four foot, I mean, piece of plywood, and then we built a subfloor of plywood, and then we took and sat down on top of there. Uh, we put the backer board on there. We used a flange to hold it down, and then we tile it. So kind of to teach them how to tile, you know I mean, it's got base around it. Teach them how to cut that in. You know, we teach them layout, teach them how to spread thins and all that different stuff. And then lay out a floor, cut it in, cut around a flange and do that. And then we have a backsplash that builds up on there with an outlet on it. And then a side backsplash that'll, you know, with the outlet on it. So teach them to cut that in, lay out a backsplash, lay out a floor. And I think we're going to, as I get a little more kind of creative with it, we'll start to develop it more. But right now it's working good. These guys are learning how to set a tile, how to cut a tile, how to mix thin set, how to grout, how to keep an area clean, um, how to use the saw, how to use the grinder, how to use the cutting board. Uh, you know, they learn all these different things and then we teach them materials and different stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's very neat, you know, just had to let the dog out. No, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. So it's cool, you know, and what I think what we'll do in the future is, you know, since LVP and carpet town, a lot of this stuff is really popular. We'll maybe add some, you know, add some different, different stuff here. And we have a, a real large facility here. So we may, uh, if we get some tile donated enough of the same color, maybe it is an advanced class. We'll let them tile the hallways or, yeah. you know, and, and do that. So that's what we're doing. Sharon Williams donated all the paint. So to paint our whole facility. So, I mean, they'll, they'll probably be painting this thing for, you know, two years, but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but anyway, it's looking great. Sense. And, you know, it's, it's more it, of a real life scenario. I really like that. I mean, that's got me very excited, you know, um, because I mean, the mock-ups are great, right? It's, it's a good, it's a good start and it's, it's very practical, but if, if you have the space and you have the tile donated, um, you know, wow, what a great thing. I mean, you get, get a new floor, get some new walls, wainscoting or whatever, you know, really cool. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of uh that's what we're looking for. You know, that's uh I think that's going to probably be the, we look and for everything guys, to be a win-win. So, and that's going to, that's going to um, up their pride level too. I mean, even if it's, even if everybody gets to set, you know, 50, a hundred square feet on a floor, I mean, every time they walk through that hallway, they're going to say, I, you know, they're going to have that sense of pride. They're going to be able to look at it and, and know that their, their work, you know, oh man, that's going to be so cool. I, I'll help you, you know, I'll put the word out to some of our, you know, manufacturer supporters that you're looking for tile and different things if, if you don't mind or whatever. No, absolutely. I, I, no, I that would be that. great. As I, yeah. even as you're saying this right now, I'm thinking that definitely. So with the painting, they are, they walk around here, you'll catch them. And with the bathroom, I would go over there cause we had it, you know I mean? Blocked off cause it was under construction, but I would catch the guys in there, you know, cause I was going there and check on it. And uh, they'd be in there with the camera, you know, in front of the wall that they did and they're snapping selfies yeah. and stuff. And, uh, they're so proud of it and, and they should yeah. be, they did a great job. Yeah. Uh, this bathroom is better. Uh, I tour when I tour anybody that, that has to do with the trades or anything, I bring them there to look at it in the painting, the commercials, it's a commercial building, right? The commercial work in the bathroom and the painting in this facility is better than you will see in any home Depot, any Walmart, any, any fries, any, box store anywhere you go i'm always looking at the work there you know right, i just right. i just said i look at all of it and uh, I hear and, uh 
and I chop it all up in my mind. I'm like, oh, that's terrible or that's terrible <laughs> or, you know, whatever. I mean, this, oh, they did good on this. But these guys, uh, and I'm not just saying it because it's our program, they did better work than I've seen any commercial job um, to this day, you know, uh, better. And yeah. so that is, you know, it's it's mind-boggling to me. It's really changing the way we think around here on on hiring and in the construction industry. Um, is this is a you know this is a great labor force. It's on tapped and and I feel like uh, it's starting to get some traction though. You know, there's a thing I think they call the second chance business coalition out there where some large companies are they're you know they're obviously seeing this as an answer to their problems. I think Chase Bank might be on there. Some big ones. I haven't really looked into it too deep, but. I can see it, you know, it's a game changer, you know, so in any, any state that you're in, I mean, if you can get involved in this, uh, it's kind of like the lost or forgotten, you know, but they're, they're, you know, they're hungry. So, and if someone's hungry, I'm telling you, if they're hungry enough, you can train them to, to do anything because they learn fast. You know, it's uh, you can learn a lot faster if your life's on the line than you will if, you know, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to learn more. I mean, I would I would even be open, you know, and eager to, you know, talk to your employees and our employer and stuff like that. But if we could, you know, kind of outline maybe maybe create another episode where we outline the the structure, you know, it, I think it's interesting, you know, you start with a nonprofit, but now you have this for-profit and kind of, you know, almost like a master class that we could put out there for for people, you know, who are interested in this. I mean, it's just a thought, you know, it's something to think about. But I, I, I want to help you guys and help other people, you know, and help help the ex-prisoners, you know, get rehabilitated. And we're going to be a stronger nation for it. So thank you for, you know, doing the work you're doing. And um, uh, this is this has been encouraging, a, a really fun episode. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to be on here and just share some of this stuff with you. And we'd love to do that. Uh, get prepared to shed some tears though, when you hear some of these stories, cause yeah. I don't care how tough you are, it will bring tears to your eyes. Uh, okay. this is a story of redemption and it, it, it is just, it, it will bring tears to your eyes and it's amazing. And I'm sure, you know, the owners would, would love to, you know, they're really invested in what I'm doing here and they, they love it too. So mm-hmm. Um, and as our, our main investors, our construction guys too. So I'm sure they're kind of sitting back really watching like, wow, this is really neat. What's going on here. And, uh, yeah. And our for profit is, you know, we, we really, what we figured was if we get donations on everything and do it like that through a nonprofit, well, then you kind of dictate, you know, who comes here. Um, if DOC can dictate and send Mm -hmm. everybody here, they want to send here, they kind of pull the strings and we can't have that. And also, you know, you can only create after your kind. So if we don't have a model that self-sustains, how are we going to create an individual that self-sustains? And I think n- right. not to diminish the church, cause I love the church. I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian and sure. big in the church, but I think a lot of these, a lot of these things they have are, you know, when you get really donation minded and of course we take donations and we need them and it's important, but I think we want to also create our, our main thing here is it's a hand up, not a handout. You know, we don't do the work for you. We're going to get you your driver's license. We're going to get you everything you need to be employable. We're going to get you tools. You know, we're going to get you a ride back and forth to work through Veo and different things. We're going to give you everything you need, but you are going to take the initiative and you're going to put the work and you're going to fill out the forms. You're going to do this stuff. We're not going to hand anything to you. We're going to, you know, give you a hand up really. And, and that mentality is you're going to go out there and get for yourself. And so we have to do the same thing, right? As a company, we have to be able to self-sustain. We can't be depending on people to give us money. Um, so if nobody gives us anything, we're going to be fine. You know, so that's, you know, anyway, I'll get into all that maybe on the next episode. I love it. I love yeah. it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all fired up, you know, 
I, I, I believe in that model as well, self-sustaining model. And, and really, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm going to reference again, Tile Nation training, we, we charge for our training. And we're, we're one of maybe, you know, a few in the tile industry that charges for their tile training. And most of it is free. And we've gotten some pushback both from, you know, contractors, installers, as well as other free training people. And, you know, my, my answer is, well, we're attracting a different crowd, first of all, you know, but if, if everything, if all the tile training is always free, what does that say about our industry that installers can't afford, you know, to pay a little bit, invest a little bit? I mean, you look at all these other trades and oftentimes tilers and different will say like, well, why can't we get paid like the, like this trade or like that trade? Well, first of all, they have better licensing, they have better requirements and they have better apprenticeship programs and they have paid training and they have this and that, and it's just set up for success, you know, and it's set up to be sustainable. So that, that encourages me, um, with what I'm doing. And I appreciate your insight into, you know, why you guys have that for profit, you know, um, corp, you know, aspect of the business. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for yeah. shedding that light. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, if you don't value it, who's gonna, I mean, I would <laughs> definitely charge for, for that, you know, uh, you know, and it, it, we're, we charge the insurance companies, you know what I mean? Cause we know our guys don't have money. There's the insurance, behavioral health and stuff like that. But absolutely. If, uh, if you don't value something, nobody else is gonna, you know? So I, I think that's, I think I would definitely charge for it because it holds its value. Then everybody wants something for free, but what do you do when you get something for free? Look at our health. You know, we get our health for free. One thing's given to us. And as a nation, what do we do with it? We, we destroy it. You know what I mean? Cause we got it for free. You know, we got our mind for free and yeah. as a nation for the most part, what do we do? We just don't, it, it's free. You know, who cares? Just let it do whatever it wants to do. Wow. I think, yeah, it's definitely, if you don't pay the price for something and that's another thing we really want to teach these guys too, is, you know, for one opportunity comes to the prepared ones. Um, and, and for two, if, uh, you want something for nothing, this is my biggest saying around here. When someone tries to get something for nothing, the world answers them back with nothing for something. So what's going to happen to you is you want, want, want for free, free, free. And now when you try to give something to get something, the world's going to go ahead and give you nothing for something. So now you're going to try to get something just like you did in your life. You went to prison trying to get something for nothing. Now you're in prison and you're trying to do better, but you've got a fence between you and you're getting nothing back for something. So now you have to go through that process of giving for free before you can get something in return. And I think it works the same way. If you give something for nothing, then you're going to get back something for nothing. And uh, so I'm a firm, firm believer on, you know, you pay a price for something. If you value it, you pay for it. And, and if you don't value it, why would you even waste your time getting it? You just collect a bunch of stuff that, yeah, anyway, I could go on yeah. forever about that, but well, no, I think the, that's a great model. And nothing's for, nothing's really free. Somebody's got to pay you. for it. And, yeah. and like you said, usually that person who is paying is going to kind of dictate the way it goes, you know? So, yeah. so that's yeah. good to keep in mind. Nothing's for free. I mean, somebody advertises something for free. You got to say like, well, who's paying for it? I mean, somebody's right. paying for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, Justin, I appreciate you taking, you know, over an hour to sit here and record this with me today. I'm looking forward to future collaborations and helping yeah. you any way I can reach out anytime. And, uh, thank you so much for doing what you do. Where can people find you? I know you have a website here. I'm going to put it on the screen. It's newfreedomaz.com. Is there any other places that people can reach out? Um, you can put my email on there if you want. Do you have it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You can put that on there. Okay. And, uh, and they can reach out, um, anything to do with this stuff. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, we, we, uh, 
we're moving all the time. So we love relationships. We love touring people and getting them involved. When anybody comes down here and tours, uh, it's a game changer. I mean, we've had people running for office in here, both sides, Democrat, Republican. And it's the one thing I think that, uh, everybody's in agreement on. It's the only bipartisan thing I see anyway, this day and age is, uh, this second chance movement and helping change our nation. And, and it really starts at, at this level. So yeah, have them get a hold of me. Um, um, and I would love to talk to them or love to get them involved or, you know, any way I can help anybody else too, we would love to do that. So I thank you, Luke. I appreciate, you know, it's an honor to be able to spend some time on your show. So thank you. Absolutely. My honor. All right, Justin. Well, we'll talk to you later. Have a good, okay. have a good weekend. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. All right, Tile friends. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was a pleasure having Justin here in the studio. I'm really excited to, uh, you know, continue to get to know him and the program. And I hope you picked up some, some nuggets of, of wisdom there. I, I know I'm confident you have. Uh, reach out to me or Justin if you want to learn more about their program. All right, Tile friends. Uh, remember, stay positive out there. I know there's a lot of negativity out there. But listen, ignore it. I really like what Justin said. Your past is your past. Your past is your past. Do not be a victim to your past mistakes or your past whatever. Leave it in the past. Look at your future today and think about your future. Stay positive, Tile friends. And above all else, please, please, please stay profitable, Tile friends. Over and out. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.